Welcome to the podcast for the First United Methodist Church, located in Round Rock, Texas. This week, Pastor Brad Britton asks us, who is Jesus and why does he matter? Pastor Britton also talks to us about the power of words. Through examples of scripture and life, he opens the questions, who can we be through the power of words? And how can our words make an impact to this world? Words really matter. They're important. We shouldn't use them loosely or carelessly. Words have the power to create. They have the power also to to hurt, even confuse. If you ever think that words don't matter, why is it that it is often our voice that fails us first when we're deeply moved? Jesus, as he went around, it wasn't complicated. What did he say to people? Follow me. And so what Jesus, in effect, was asking people to do is, you don't know where we're going, but you can ride with me. If we did that with our lives individually, it could change everything based on who we follow. I give you my word. What was it? What did God give us? In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Before we get into the uh, prayer before the message, we have a new podcast here that has the sermons of each week. And there's also some special conversations we'll have on those, one of which was just recently recorded. Brian and uh, Michael from our music here at the church had a conversation uh, with uh, Jacob and Justin, and that'll be coming out soon, just talking about what's behind how they prepare and how God leads them in in music. But each week you can share these sermons with others. It's uh, Round Rock Sunday Sermons is what it's called, and uh, share that anytime uh, with anyone. You can even do that in the middle of the sermon when you're bored. <laughs> That's irony, isn't it? I'm sharing a sermon I checked out of, and, but this is a great way, way to spread what we're, what we're doing here. So let's pray. God, help us to hear a word of hope and grace and love and what you say to us and through us. And as we begin this season of Lent, may we reflect on what it means to give ourselves to you. The act of saying yes. Knowing that we journey with you. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. One of the things I miss most about not having our boys at home, they're both... Uh, in college now, is their friends. I really loved their friends when they came over. and um, I miss the boys, but I really miss their friends. <laughs> I mean, that was a lot of fun. They'd come over, we'd hang out and just have a lot of fun and some great times. I remember one morning they had spent the night. They always spend the night, right? You don't know who's coming over, but somebody's coming over. And I was sitting in the living room and one of Ben's friends, a Sim was his name, comes in. He says, Mr. Britton, Anybody ever tell you, you you look like Peyton Manning? I said, no, Sim, they haven't. I mean, I like Peyton Manning. He's my favorite quarterback, but I don't, but okay. A week later, we're at Subway. I'm going through the line getting my sandwich, and then when I get to the end, the lady serving me says, sir, has anyone ever told you that you look like Peyton Manning? Why, yes, they have, last week in my living room. And this happened again and again. Two weeks ago, Alicia and I are going through the drive-thru at Chick-fil-A. We're driving up. There's a high school student standing there next to the window. 
I'm coming up to get there. He's staring me down. I could see him just... I get up. I roll the window down. He says, sir. And I, I almost completed it for him. But internally, I was like, here it comes, Peyton Manning. Sir, has anyone ever told you that you look like Peyton Manning? And I thought to myself, um, well, there are some differences. He's a 6'5 Hall of Fame quarterback. There's that. <laughs> and I don't think he'd be driving a hail-damaged Toyota Camry with a cracked windshield. at a Chick-fil-A <laughs> with a stain on the back of the trunk from a package of frozen chicken that I tried to defrost on the back of the trunk several years ago. <laughs> yes. Can't get it off. I'm not Peyton Manning, okay? John's gospel they were wondering, is John the Baptist the Messiah? So they sent some people to see if it was him. And so they, they go and they, uh, they go to John and John just shuts it down right away. Look, I'm not the Messiah. It's not me. And they said, well, are, are you Elijah? And he said, nope. Uh, are you a prophet? Nope. Then the next day, John is there with some of his followers and Jesus comes walking by and he says, look. The Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. There he is. That's the one you've been waiting for right there. Now, in, in the first chapter of John, it's the next day. So you get the next day and the next day and the next day. And there's this movement that begins. And so the next day, John is there with some of his followers. Jesus walks by and two of them go and follow Jesus. One of them is named Andrew. The other one was not named. Then Andrew went and found his brother Simon, who later became Peter, and he followed. The next day, Jesus is walking along and he says to Philip, hey, follow me. And so Philip follows. Then Philip found Nathaniel, and then he follows. And here we go. And the point of the first part of John and really John altogether is who is Jesus and why does it matter? Well, it starts off the first chapter, first verse. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. In other words, Jesus has been around the whole time, and if you want to know what God is like, just look at Jesus. There it is, right here. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So they begin to follow, and now we have some movement, and it's time to go on the road with this. Well, they end up in Cana of Galilee at a wedding. And at these Jewish weddings, it would last a week long and you should never ever run out of wine. That was a big thing. Well, they ran out of wine and Jesus was there at the wedding with his mother, Mary, and some of his disciples. And Mary said to Jesus, they've run out of wine. And Jesus said, and I'm paraphrasing, so what, it's not my problem. Then Mary looks at the servants that were there and looks at Jesus and says, just do what he says. In other words, Jesus, I'm your mother, do it. <laughs> and he does it. He turns the water into wine. And to give you an idea of how much wine it was, it was these uh, purification jars, 20 to 30 gallons each. You could line up six Suburbans and fill the gas tank full, and that's the amount of wine that was there that day. Think about that a minute. 
You think that was Jesus' way of saying, okay, mother, you want some wine? I'll give you some wine. How about 180 gallons? Is that enough? (laughs) Is that enough? And uh, this was the first of Jesus' signs in John. In fact, John 1 to 12 is often referred to as the book of signs. Uh, The other gospels would talk about miracles and use the miracle language. John used signs as the word to talk of a miracle. And a sign points to something beyond itself uh, and it signifies something deeper. So each of these signs that you read about in John's gospel, it's pointing to something deeper about the character and the nature of God that's revealed in Christ. So in this story, it's you will never run out of what you need ever in eternity because of what God has done in Christ. And the best wine, they usually serve that at the beginning at these weddings. They tasted this wine that Jesus created. It was the best of the best and it was all the way through to the end. And so with him, he gives you abundant life. An abundance. It's interesting to me as you read through the gospel, so many things are spoken into existence. In fact, in chapter one of Genesis, God speaks things into existence. And and it made me think about words. Words really matter. They're important. We we shouldn't use them loosely or carelessly. Uh, This past week was Ash Wednesday. And Ash Wednesday is an interesting day in my time in ministry I've seen each year it grow in uh, people participating it's really amazing and and I wonder why would people show up at a church to have someone like me take his thumb (laughs) and put it in ash and touch your forehead I mean if I came up to you now and touched your forehead you'd probably punch me right and let not not only touch your forehead but say in effect Remember you're going to die and repent and believe the gospel. So I'm sitting in the service this last Wednesday right before 7 o'clock and people kept coming and coming and coming. I'm looking at Pat at the other end. He's stunned as well. All these people coming. And they're going to hear these words. Remember you're dust and to dust you shall return. Repent and believe the good news. In other words, you're not capable on your own, but that's okay. God's got it figured out in Jesus. It's okay. We even went downtown with the ashes. We had a sign, ashes to go. I wanted to do ash and dash, but they (laughs) shut it down. (laughs) I wish Tripp were back there. I'd get a drum roll. That was a good one. Uh, Kept looking back, maybe later. So I'm thinking, we're going downtown, we set up in front of the lamppost coffee there in downtown Round Rock, and uh, part of me's thinking, God, this is weird, you know? It's David and me, Jolanda was with us, and so we, we set up, and uh, the other side of me is like, no, this is good, we need to be doing this, but I'm thinking, God, they're going to think we're weird, you know? What are these people, I mean, who does that, right? So I'm sitting there, and is anybody going to do this? You know, I'm like, is this just a waste of time? And, well, people just start showing up. They just show up. One of our members was <clears throat> driving by, had a sick kid in the back seat and drives by. David was <clears throat> doing the imposition of ashes on someone uh, on the street there and drives up. She rolls her window down, flags me down. And so I reach into the car from the outside and 
Like, do you want any fries with that? (laughs) And, And there was this one guy that came up to David and didn't know anything about this, never been to church or anything. And he says, what is this? And I was like, thank God he went to David. <laughs> Good luck with that, David. But then David said, just the right thing. David's done a lot of work this week. He's been a lot of places, a lot of things, but probably nothing more important than what he did in that moment. Because in that moment, somebody heard the gospel right then, the word. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and and His words mattered. Who knows what that could mean in that man's life? You know the old phrase, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never what? That's not true. That's ridiculous. It's one of the stupidest things I've ever heard. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but work. No, I'm sorry. Words have the power to create. They have the power also to, to hurt, even confuse. I was in the backyard the other day, and our little dog, Lexi, small little dog, she is so spoiled that we'll open the back door, and she won't go in the backyard sometimes to go to the bathroom. She, she thinks if I hold out, they'll take me on a walk. So it was cold, and I'm like, all right, I just don't feel like going for a walk right now. So I walked in the backyard, and I'm saying, let's go potty. Come on, let's go potty. And she didn't come, and so I said, please, please, like that would be the difference. Please, let's go potty. Well, Alicia gets up and comes to the door. Sometimes we both get up, then she might come outside. So she's standing at the entrance of the door, and I'm in the back, by the back part of the fence saying, Let's go potty. Come on, come on. Directly behind us, there's some people looking at the house. (laughs) Behind us? They don't see the dog. (laughs) Come on, let's go potty. I'll give you a stack. You get a potty. (laughs) They are not buying that house. I can promise you that. You have some weird neighbors, but that guy's crazy. Uh, Words matter. Yesterday we were out here in the parking lot, and it's just wonderful to see all the students and adults helping out to build these beds for sleep in heavenly peace. And if you're not familiar with that, it's a a way that we, we can go into our community and literally bring a bed to a child that's sleeping on the floor and... 50 children this morning woke up in a bed. And there's many more, by the way. Many more. And so we're standing outside in the parking lot, and I was going to help deliver uh, some beds and help put them together. And so I'm out there, and somebody walked to me and said, Where where are you going? I said, I have no idea, but I'm riding with Charlie. Don't know where I'm going, but I'm, I'm riding with Charlie, so I hop in the truck with Charlie and off we go and the first house we go to uh, it's two beds both of these elementary age kids and one of them was an older elementary I think fifth grade and he was so proud because he got to help us uh, putting the bed together his grandmother came over to see this and he was beaming when the grandmother was there 
watching him help put this bed together. And then we said a blessing at the end and went on to the next house. And the next house we went to is an Indian family, sweet family. Three beds there in one room, bunk beds and then one on the side. And as we're building the beds, the mom comes in and she has a tray with three hot cups of tea and some bread that she had made for us. And she brought that to us as a, as a gift. And it was her way of saying thank you. We said a blessing there at the end in the living room. And she was so moved by it all that she couldn't get the words out. If you ever think that words don't matter, why is it that it is often our voice that fails us first when we're deeply moved? The last place we went was an apartment complex, three stories, and Charlie and I are driving in the gate, and I said, Charlie, what are the odds that this will be on the first floor? <laughs> so he gives me the sheet, and I look at the number, and I'm like, three, of course. It's about six o'clock in the evening at this point. Tired, we, we walk all the stuff up the stairs, we get in, we, we, we put the beds together. Again, bunk beds. And then the two little girls, they were younger, they come running in. They'd just gotten home and they were speaking and were so excited. They, they had already started arguing about the top bunk. It was, it was beautiful. You gave them a chance to have that conversation instead of sleeping on the floor. And to think, Things like that happen because somebody says, hey, you want to do a bed build? Jesus, as he went around, it wasn't complicated. What did he say to people? Follow me. Remember Charlie? I don't know where we're going, but I'm riding with Charlie. And so what Jesus, in effect, was asking people to do is, you don't know where we're going, but you can ride with me. And that's a wonderful offer, isn't it? Think of our students here today. You'll have some decisions to make here in the next few years. What am I going to do after high school? Uh, what do I want to study if I go to college? What do I want to do with my life for work? And that's all fine and good. But the most important question is not what are you going to do, but who are you going to be? Who are you going to ride with? Careers come and go, friendships come and go, money comes and goes, cars come and go, houses come and go. We come and go. Who are you riding with? Fred Craddock told the story of Jimmy. He was eight years old and his first year to play baseball. He was so excited for the first practice. He asked his mom, when's practice? She said, it's next Tuesday at 5. Well, he still gets dressed up in his uniform, puts his ball cap on, and it's so big it goes over his ears, you know. Barely see his eyes. And he's looking in the mirror, and he's doing this with the mitt. He just can't wait. The next day, he gets up, and he says, practice today? She goes, no, it's Tuesday at 5. Later that afternoon, he calls the coach. Hey, is it? It's today, right? Tuesday, 5 o'clock? No, it's 
the next day and the next day and then finally it's Tuesday about 3.30 in the afternoon it begins to rain yeah mom breaks the news to Jimmy hey but before she can get the words out he puts his hat on grabs his glove runs out the door gets on his bike goes to the park down the street it is pouring rain and he's standing at home plate ankle deep in water the only one out there his coach lives across the street and looks out and sees there's a kid standing in the rain at home plate he says who is that what in the world is going on here and he puts on his rain gear and goes out there and he, he, he gets closer and he realizes it's Jimmy he says Jimmy we can't practice in this look I'm sorry but what are you doing out here I mean it's and Jimmy looks at him just as serious as can be and he says I told you I'd be here words matter that was Jimmy's way of saying I gave you my word and if we did that with our lives individually it could change everything based on who we follow I give you my word what was it what did God give us in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God now, I wasn't an English major, but uh, I looked it up. I think I'm right. I, I did look it up. And I think this is a complete sentence. If you put a period behind it, I think it's a complete sentence. And I think it's all that Jesus ever asked any of us to say, but it is a complete sentence. Yes. Let's pray. God, we thank you for becoming one of us in Christ. For revealing yourself completely to us through him. And help us all today to know that it is as simple as a yes. And even on the days when we fail ourselves and others and even you... There's grace and there's forgiveness because the word has come among us. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thanks for tuning in to this week's sermon series podcast from First United Methodist Church of Round Rock, Texas. For more information, you can find us online at fumc-rr.org or find us on social media at fumcrr.org.